This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves there's more than one way to make history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the time when a billionaire beer baron and his long-suffering chauffeur were grabbed off the street and held captive in a warehouse for nearly a month. The day was November 9th, 1983. Alfred Freddy Heineken, CEO of the Heineken Brewery, was abducted at gunpoint outside the company's headquarters in Amsterdam. Heineken's chauffeur of 40 years, a man named Ab Dodderer, was seized along with him. When news of the kidnapping broke, a global effort was launched to track down the missing billionaire and his veteran driver. The men were held hostage for nearly a month, but thanks to a revealing Chinese takeout order, the police were finally able to track them down. Freddie Heineken was born on November 4, 1923. He was the grandson of the founder of the Heineken Brewery, and during his 20-year tenure as CEO and chairman of the board, Freddie grew his family's business into a global brand worth billions of dollars. By the early 1980s, he was one of the wealthiest men in Europe, which made him a prime target for extortionists. The five men behind his kidnapping were low-level criminals who had met in their youth in a rough neighborhood of the Dutch capital. They wanted a big enough score to set them up for life, and their search led directly to Freddy, the biggest businessman in town. The gang spent months stalking Freddy's movements, learning his daily routine, and looking for the perfect moment to strike. In the end, the gang made their move on a cold evening in November, when, oddly enough, Freddie Heineken was hosting a gathering for the local police. According to the New York Times, Freddie and his driver were, quote, abducted by three hooded gunmen soon after a luncheon Mr. Heineken had given for the policeman who foiled an attempt to extort millions from his brewery. Mr. Heineken and Mr. Dodderer were taken by panel truck to a west side industrial section an area of auto-wrecking and carpentry shops. Although the kidnappers were amateurs, they had studied other prominent abductions and therefore put a great deal of thought and preparation into their crime. The warehouse where they held Freddy and his driver had been outfitted with two soundproof cells hidden behind a false wall. The two men were stripped of their belongings and shackled to the walls of their respective cells. To avoid the chance of being identified later, the hooded criminals communicated with their hostages either through sign language or written notes. The notes proved to be a headache for the kidnappers, as the 60-year-old Heineken kept demanding consomme, cigarettes, and other luxuries they didn't expect a prisoner to ask for. The gang had intended to hold the men for no more than 48 hours, but due to a series of setbacks, the kidnapping actually dragged on for over three weeks. In the meantime, the kidnappers kept up appearances by going to their day jobs like usual and then checking in on the hostages in their spare time. 
The criminals had used coded messages in newspapers to demand a ransom of about $11 million. Eventually, they arranged for the police to stop on a highway overpass and drop the money into a storm drain, which they had marked with a traffic cone. The money was delivered in five mail bags, which slid down the drain and then landed in the back of a waiting pickup truck. From there, the crew drove the ransom to a secluded spot where they buried the money in barrels, ditched the truck, and went their separate ways in the most Dutch way possible on bicycles. By this point, the police had received an anonymous tip about the general area where Freddy and his driver were being held. Shortly before paying the ransom, the police held a stakeout in hopes of pinning down the exact location. As they waited, they saw someone order takeout at a local Chinese restaurant and then take it to a nearby warehouse. The police figured this might be the scene of the crime, but since the ransom was set to be paid, they decided not to raid the warehouse just yet. After all, there was still a chance the criminals would keep their end of the deal and release the hostages without incident. Unfortunately, the day after receiving the ransom, the gang realized the cops were closing in. They decided to abandon their hostages and try to make a clean escape while they could. Meanwhile, the Dutch police still hadn't heard from the kidnappers, and it was starting to look like they never would. Ultimately, the police stormed the warehouse, and though the trick wall fooled them for a bit, they eventually found the concealed cells and freed the men inside. Both men were understandably shaken by the ordeal, though Freddy Heineken tried to play it cool, asking his rescuers, quote, Could you not have come a bit earlier? On the other hand, Ab Dodderer was deeply affected by his captivity, and even the kidnappers later expressed remorse for having involved Heineken's driver. As for the gang and the ransom, they took about a quarter of the money with them when they went into hiding, roughly the equivalent of about two and a half million dollars. The rest of the loot remained buried, but was eventually recovered by police. Over the next four years, the five men behind the crime were gradually captured and convicted, much to Freddy's relief. The beer tycoon had downplayed the danger of his abduction, even joking to a friend that, quote, they tortured me, they made me drink Carlsberg. But there's reason to think that he was more rattled by the experience than he let on. Following the incident, but before the gang's capture, Freddy established a personal security company staffed with former police. They protected him and his family around the clock from then on. He also beefed up his home security, traveled by armored car, and kept a few of those bodyguards by his side whenever he went out. He may have gone a little overboard with the personal protection, but it's hard to argue with the results. In all the years between 1983 and his death from pneumonia in 2002, Freddy Heineken was never kidnapped again. And thankfully, neither was his driver. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. And if you have any feedback to share, you can drop me a line at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, 
and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.